0: Good evening and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Hunter Combs with you tonight to share a special and encouraging message with you. But these are really quite interesting times that we're living in, aren't they? I I think it's so strange that many of us are probably just sitting at home tonight listening into the program and we're not out and about on our nightly drive or whatever you might usually be doing if we weren't under... Uh, worldwide emergency with the coronavirus going on, and it's really, it's really strange the way the world is today. And it's, it's not like anything any of us experienced 2020 to be like. I know when I started this year, I wasn't thinking, "Hey, we're all gonna have to do social distancing and stay in quarantine in our homes." Um, and for some of you, this might be a time of, that's been encouraging for you to really spend time with your family and to really connect with those you were too busy for in the past. Or for some of us, this has been a really difficult season where there's not enough work and it's uh, it's it's hard for us. It's hard for us to go through this. And so I want to just be able to help us get our minds off of maybe the stress of living in this time and this pandemic uh, era that we are right now in 2020 uh, with the coronavirus and hopefully give you a word of encouragement from God's word. So I'm going to open up with you John 10 and it's an important section of scripture. It's where we hear that Jesus talking about the fact that he is the good shepherd and it's a it's a beautiful section of scripture that's so encouraging to us. I think all of us have heard these words of Jesus where he says, I am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And so we're going to look at this story and see what what exactly is going on here. And hopefully this will be an encouragement to you this evening. So this is the gospel of John chapter 10. And it's important to understand what's happening in context before we jump right into the texts. In John 10, uh, all of us know the famous passage, Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd, but what's what's happening in the larger story? Uh, When we Flip back one chapter to John 9, we see that Jesus has just healed a man who was born blind. Uh, when Jesus saw this man, he had mercy on him and he healed him. And when this happens, the religious leaders, the Jewish religious leaders, they're, they're upset at this man. Uh, first, they're upset that Jesus healed someone. He had the audacity to heal someone on the Sabbath day. And then they start interrogating this man and they ask him, how, how are you healed? How did it come about that you now, are, now that you now are seeing? And he tells them, the man named Jesus, he put mud on my eyes and he healed me. And they ask him again and again, and they're not satisfied with this because they're upset at Jesus. And throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus is doing miracles that show who he truly is. And more and more, these religious leaders get more and more upset at him because of what he's doing. And here we're at almost a climax in their frustration with Jesus. And so not only do they interrogate this blind man, uh, but they bring in his parents to see if he truly was born blind. And they say, he's of age. Basically, he's old enough. Why don't you ask him? (laughs) They're saying, you don't need to ask us. It's not like he's five years old. This is a full grown man. You can ask him. Just ask him what happened. And so the man tells them, he says, this I know, that I was blind, but now I see. And they're, they're not happy with this man because they ask him, who, who was the man? Who do you say he was? And he says, he's a prophet. And he's talking about Jesus. And so they cast the blind man who had been healed out of the synagogue. And that may not seem like a very important detail to us today, but that's, that's incredibly shameful in their culture. That would be to be completely cast out of Uh, Fellowship with the community of faith, to no longer be able to worship with your family and community. Uh, Now he's cast out, he's ostracized. And for what? Because he was healed, because he was blind and now he can see, because Jesus touched his life. And so after he's cast out of the synagogue, Jesus comes to him. This is John 9. 35, it says, Jesus heard that he had been cast out and having found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? So Jesus is wanting him to think about who he is. He's not only wanting to provide for his physical need of being made to see, but he wants him to think about a deeper spiritual need of his relationship with Christ, his relationship with God. He says, do you believe in the son of man? And the man answered, and who is he, sir? That I might believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And so there's this experience that now Jesus is saying, Not only have I healed your physical blindness, but now I want you to see spiritually who I am. I am the Son of Man, I am the one who came. To bring life to the people of God. I am the one who came to bring the kingdom of God. And so now the man sees truly, Lord, I believe. And he not only believes, he worships Jesus. And so Jesus says to this man, he says, For judgment I came into the world, that those who do not see may see. And those who see may become blind. So Jesus is saying, "I I have a purpose that the blind might see. And the seeing might become blind. And at saying this, the, the Jewish leaders who had kicked the man out of the synagogue, they overhear Jesus, and they say, "Are you talking about us? Are we blind?" And Jesus said, "If you say that I see, but you really are truly blind, you remain blind." And so the irony is that these religious leaders, who are meant to be shepherding and guiding the people of God, And they are the ones who are truly blind. They are spiritually blind. This man who was physically blind, now he can see who Jesus is. But the leaders who are meant to be guiding the people of God, they're the ones who are spiritually blind. They cannot see who Jesus is. In fact, they're standing in opposition against him. And so now Jesus turns to them and he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. So Jesus is beginning now. He says, let me tell you a little parable, or let me tell you a little metaphor about some sheep. And so this is what he does to these leaders who are against him. They're standing against him. He says, let me tell you this story. And so he says, there's a sheepfold and the people who climb into the sheep pen over the wall, they're the thieves and the robbers. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So he's saying, There are thieves who come in to attack the flock of God and those are ones who jump over the wall they're thieves and robbers and many times when we in our churches hear about the thief and the robber we think of satan but actually who jesus is talking to are the religious leaders he's saying that they're thieves and robbers they've jumped over the wall and they're the ones stealing from the flock of god they're the ones hurting and harming the flock of god he's saying here's who you are you're like thieves and robbers but i i'm a shepherd I walk in the door and he, he tells them how he treats his sheep. He says, the shepherd, uh, the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice, a stranger. They do not follow, but they flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. And it says, Jesus used this figure of speech, but they didn't understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus is trying to give them this picture of who they truly are, who these religious leaders are. They're they're like thieves. They're like strangers trying to lead the flock of God, but the sheep don't know them. The sheep listen to the shepherd's voice, the kind and gentle and caring and compassionate shepherd. And so Jesus again tries to make these people understand what he's saying. He says, for the sheep. So powerful. Jesus is telling them, look, this is, this is what kind of a shepherd I am to my people. I'm gentle. I'm kind. I, I lead my sheep out by name. Literally in that day and age, in that culture, a shepherd would often actually name each and every one of his sheep and he would call them and he would have certain ways of calling them and the sheep would come to him. And so he's saying, this is what The people of God are like. They're like sheep, little innocent sheep. And I've come to lead them as a good shepherd. Now, most human shepherds, you think about maybe King David when he was shepherding the sheep in 1 Samuel. And David talked about the fact that he had to protect his sheep from bears and lions coming in and attacking them. And Jesus is giving a similar image here. He's saying, The good shepherd protects his sheep to such an extent that he lays down his life for the sheep. He loves his sheep. He loves his people so much that he's willing to lay down his life in the place of his sheep. And right away, these these people listening to this, they would understand what Jesus is implying, what he's referring to, because all of this points back to... Prophecies in the Old Testament scriptures specifically the book of Ezekiel now Ezekiel and Ezekiel 34 is a prophecy about God coming to the shepherds of Israel in a time when Israel was completely straying from the Lord they had given themselves into idolatry they had fled from the Lord they they'd been in steeped in idolatry for a long time and because of it God sent his people into exile. That means he took them out of the land. The Babylonians came into Israel and they violently took the people of God out of Israel into Babylon. And so Ezekiel is a prophet to Israel during this time. And he says, you know, the leaders of Israel, they are false shepherds. And so he prophesies in Ezekiel 34 and he says, this is what the Lord says To the shepherds, it says, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled over them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. The sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. And so in this context, the prophet Ezekiel is telling the Leaders of Israel, you are false shepherds. You're not caring for the sheep. You're, you're meant to be healing them. You're meant to be giving life. You're meant to be strengthening. Instead, you're feeding yourselves. You're becoming fat. You're clothing yourselves and you're neglecting the sheep. And the sheep have scattered. They've gone. They've been taken by the Babylonians. They have no shepherd. They're, they're like sheep without a shepherd. I'm sure all of us have heard that saying, like sheep without a shepherd. But it comes from this story. These people have no one to lead them. And so God tells of this time that even though now the people are without a shepherd, he says, in the future, I will search out for my sheep and I will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered. So I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered. I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. So God is saying, you, leaders of Israel, the people who are meant to be shepherding and teaching the people and showing them the way to go, you allowed the people to go into idolatry. You allowed them to stray away from the Lord. And isn't... Uh, I'll just bring an observation in just a second. but she, And the Lord says, but I myself... Will be the good shepherd. I myself will be the one to to lead my people, to take care of them, to give them these beautiful, rich pastures to feed on. And I think in today's day and age, we often too experience these false shepherds that come in to lead the people of God. And so we have to be careful um, of some of our leaders today. That what what are our leaders pointing us towards? Are they pointing us towards Christ? Or are they pointing us towards themselves? If a leader is just seeking to bring glory to themselves of make their name great, make their ministry great, then we should be careful of these people. Are they causing the people to fall into idolatry of actually looking to the pastor or the apostle or whoever rather than looking to Christ? Could it be that if they're leading people away from Christ and rather leading people to themselves, that they may be in danger of being false shepherds? And so God says to the, to the leaders of Israel that they have failed. They've allowed the people to stray from him. They've not cared for the people. And so there's a warning. If, if a pastor, if a leader isn't caring for the people, if rather he's becoming rich, he's becoming fat and well-fed, while well, the people are sick and hurting and weak and weary. that that's not a good sign. That's a sign that maybe these, these are selfish shepherds. These aren't shepherds that are leading the people the, may, the way they're meant to. And so God gave this beautiful prophecy of hope saying, people, have failed my sheep, but I myself will be a shepherd. I will give my sheep good pasture to feed on, spiritual food to feed on. And he continues on in this prophecy of Ezekiel. And he says, not only will I be a shepherd, but he says, I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord God, will be their God, and my servant David shall be a prince among them. I am the Lord, I have spoken. He's saying, Not only will I the Lord be a shepherd, but I'm sending David. Now at this time David had long died. He he is a king of the past. But when the prophets talk about when the prophets talk about David, this future Davidic king coming, they're talking about the Messiah. They're talking about One who's coming to set things right, a king who's coming to take away all the idolatry of the people, to rescue the people from from their sins, and to lead the people in righteousness and holiness and truth as they were meant to be led. And so God's saying, I will send one shepherd, David, and he shall feed them. So this, this passage is interesting because it first says that God will be the shepherd, then it says a man will be the shepherd, David. Well, how can this be? How can God be a shepherd and and a man be a shepherd? And what Jesus does in John 10 is he takes this prophecy and he says to the leaders of Israel who are rejecting who he is and actually casting out a blind man who had been healed. I mean, think about it. A blind man who had been healed. Someone who's been living with this illness of blindness his whole life. He probably couldn't work. He was probably a beggar his whole life. And now Jesus has touched his life, made him see. And instead of the religious leaders rejoicing, they're angry and they stand in opposition to Jesus. And Jesus tells them, you know, this man who is blind, he actually sees now. You, you, the leaders of Israel, you're the blind ones. And he tells them, you are thieves and robbers, but I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Wow. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the one who heals the sick, who strengthens the weak, who brings back those who have wandered. This is who Jesus is. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. What a beautiful picture what human shepherd would be willing to die for some dumb sheep? If any of you have ever experienced having sheep, they're not the smartest animals. Uh, When I was a kid growing up, my parents had sheep for a short period of time, which was interesting because we lived in a city. Uh, But these sheep often would wake my dad up in the middle of the night because they were caught in a corner and they would just go, bah, bah. <laughs> they were so dumb that they were caught in a corner. And my dad would have to go out in the middle of the night and turn the sheep around because it couldn't figure out how to get out of a corner. And about 10 minutes later, the same thing would happen. The sheep would get caught back in that corner. <laughs> and this is, this is what God says we're like. We're like sheep. We're so quick to wander from the ways of God. We're so quick to wander from God. We need a shepherd. We need someone who's patient and loving and gentle with us to lead us. Not harsh strict leaders who who just want to bring glory to their own name, who just want people to look to them, who maybe want to make their pockets full. No, God himself came into this world and that's what we celebrate at Christmas time, isn't it? That God became a man. God stepped off of his throne and entered into this broken creation to tell us this, that I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for my sheep. And he says, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not know the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. He flees because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. It says, those who, who aren't truly the shepherd of the sheep, they don't care for the sheep. When they see danger coming, they don't lay down their lives. They run and they let the wolf come and attack and kill the sheep. Again, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is giving such a wonderful contrast between himself and those who are just after selfish gain. The the leaders of Israel, they really disliked Jesus because he was taking the attention off of them. And the people were starting to look to Jesus rather than the religious leaders, and they were feeling threatened. Hey, they're the ones who are meant to be telling the people of God what the word of God is how to worship God they would oversee the temple sacrifices they would oversee the giving of the teaching of the law and now this this carpenter from the middle of nowhere in Nazareth has come and people are all of a sudden starting to follow after him and some people are saying this is the king who's come this is the messiah the leaders did not like this. They really did not like what Jesus was doing. And so Jesus is saying, now he, the good shepherd, comes to die for his people. He loves his people so much that he's willing to die for them. And, and he talks about how he leads his sheep. He says that he calls his sheep, they, they hear his voice, he calls them by name, and he leads them out. So there's this gentleness to who Christ is. And I think this could be an encouragement to us during this period of time that we're living in, that as we're struggling, as we may feel weak, as we may feel maybe anxious with the world we're living in, maybe that's anxiety for not having the work we used to have, or anxiety of not knowing what the future holds. We can know this, that, that Jesus, he is a good and kind and faithful shepherd to us. He's one who binds up the weak. As he healed that blind man, he heals us. Maybe not of our physical, maybe not of our physical diseases, but he heals us spiritually. And that's one of the greatest miracles. You realize that it's a greater miracle when God comes and takes a person who doesn't believe in Christ and he opens their eyes up to see who he is. That's one of the greatest miracles. And then when God calls us, when Jesus calls us and we hear his voice, we need the leading of God in our lives. We need Christ to lead and to guide us. We need someone who speaks to us in the chaos and turmoil in our soul And leads us and guides us in the right way. And that's who Jesus is. Jesus calls us and we follow him because he's done a work in our hearts. And at the end of this whole section, as Jesus tells them about who he is, he says this, he says, For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. So Jesus says, I've come to die in the place of my people. At this point, he's looking towards the cross in Jerusalem and he's saying, I'm going to the cross to die for my people. He says, I have authority to lay my life down. I have authority to take it up again. That's why I've come. And when the Jews hear this, it says, again, there was a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So there's a, there's a tension. There's a split in the Jews now. Some are believing in him and others are saying, no, he's demon-possessed. Jesus' word comes with such controversy that people have various opinions about him. And so it's important that we know the truth about who Christ is. And the truth about who he is is that he came to die for our sins, to save us. He's not only the shepherd, he says, I am the door. Whoever enters by me will go in and out and will find pasture. That means that if we believe in Christ, if we repent of our sins. That means turn away from our sins. And we trust in what Jesus has done when he died on the cross for us, that we'll be saved from hell, that we'll be saved from eternal separation from God. So if you're listening tonight and you're someone who's maybe heard a lot about who Christ is, maybe you've heard that Jesus died on the cross, but you've never actually come to a point in your life where you said, but I actually want to Follow the Good Shepherd. I actually want to follow Christ. I would encourage you tonight to turn away from living life for yourself and turn to Jesus. Confess your sins to Christ. Realize that it's only in Jesus that you can be saved and have life. And when we believe in Jesus, we have a new relationship with Him where He now gently guides and leads us in holiness and righteousness and truth. So that's, that's the message for today, and I hope it's an encouragement to you as you think about who Christ is, what he came to do, and that he is a good shepherd. So this week, as maybe you're struggling and feeling down and discouraged, remember that Christ is the good shepherd of the soul, and that he's the one who's come to lead us and guide us. He's the one who's come to die for our sins. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I hope that you have a blessed week. Good night, and God bless.